0: what's going on everyone welcome to another week of everybody's favorite podcast
1: tv channeling
0: and of course kevin had to make me look crazy with the sound and just be smooth with his voice. <laughs>
1: good for you well kevin. i thought that you were i thought you were getting him ready for me with like ah and i just like come in and just <laughs>
0: Is Finish that what it I off. sound like? Like a
1: like a yeah, banshee? You were no, you were, no, you were a hype woman. You were like you were getting them all revved up, and you know just like you know finishing it off.
0: Okay, so now I'm Flavor Flav. Thanks. No, okay, um,
1: okay. You were being the pepper, and I was being the salt. Okay. Okay. Salt and pepper's here. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Cinderella.
2: Okay. Cool.
3: I get it.
0: <laughs> yes! Yes! And you know, guys, you heard another... First of all, let me introduce myself. You probably already know, but I'm Tachi, and I'm here with...
1: Kevin. And, and... we have a special guest that you just heard a little bit about. It's not Sin- it's not Spinderella. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tachi, ta- <laughs> why don't you give an, uh, the introduction that our, our esteemed guest deserves?
0: Yes. I'm actually going to let her give a little bit more information about herself, but I just have to say how honored and blessed we are to have Jamie Bowles who is the ceo i keep saying ceo and founder but you don't refer yourself as ceo i do but i you do okay I call good myself
2: uh miss they call me miss ceo that's my little my little moniker
0: well, fantastic. Miss CEO, the CEO (laughs) of WJMSradio.com, which is an internet radio station based in New York, which, as you all know, we happen to be on patting myself on the back, patting Kevin on the back, and giving Jamie a big hug. Welcome to, we don't have a sound machine, so Kevin and I will just have to (laughs) clap physically.
2: You're too kind,
1: you're too kind. And we're
0: standing, we're standing. <laughs> yes. we're standing. standing ovation, standing <laughs> ovation. Strong Jay, Yeah, right. Jamie
1: is making dreams come true because as a, as a young child, I always dreamt of having a time slot and hey. she made that happen she did she did so jamie
0: now that we've taken up five minutes with our foolishness please tell (laughs) us a little bit more about yourself like i really wonder where you're from originally and just so go run the gamut
2: oh no you don't want me to do that we don't have enough show time (laughs) 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 i get long-winded no so um yeah you're on
0: the right show exactly
2: (laughs) Uh, my name is Jamie Bowles like uh, Tachi mentioned I am the owner and founder of WJMS radio uh, which is radio reimagined we try to do things a little bit differently Um, I was actually born and raised in Boston Massachusetts no I don't have an accent I lost it many many years ago Um, I was getting made fun of in college and I had to make that executive decision (laughs) to get it to drop it quickly But yeah, so I, I grew up in Massachusetts, and I moved down to Philadelphia to go to college. I ended up staying in Philadelphia for about 10 years, including my college time there. Um, and then I got the opportunity to move up to New York and work for NYU. And living in New York has always been kind of a dream of mine, at least according to my mom. She she used to tell me when I was a little kid, I used to tell her that I wanted to live in New York. I don't remember this, but she does, so I just go with it. Um, but lo and behold, here I am. And uh, I started the radio station as I, I kind of got, I want not want to say I got lucky because I put a lot of hard work into getting to where I am. Um, but opportunities sort of opened themselves up to me um, and the ability to own a radio station kind of fell into my lap. And before I realized it, because I never actually, I never actually wanted to have a radio station. I tell people that all the time and they look at me like I'm crazy. Um, but it was never something that I considered as part of my career trajectory. Like I just had a very like one-sided sort of or like like you know scope vision um as to what i wanted to do and i never considered owning a radio station you know as part of that and when the opportunity presented itself i was like oh oh yeah that makes so much more sense (laughs) so it's like (laughs) yeah let's 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 have the platform all together and um i went through the process of, of getting it all started which was crazy i'm gonna save you guys the gory details um but yeah, I went through the process of getting the radio station started and up and running, and there's been a whole bunch of trial and tribulation literal blood, sweat, and tears. But we are here. We are 98,000 listeners strong in 150 different countries. Um, and yeah, we've got 10 shows, including two shows hosted by the wonderful Dr. Tashi. And yeah, I just have, I've just had a lot of amazing people sort of make their way into my life that i've managed to to keep claws into because i realized their potential and their awesomeness and i've been able to really craft some wonderful wonderful shows and programming on the radio station that i think is really really they're both educational but they're also entertaining uh, which i think is important because nobody wants to you know listen to someone preaching to you all day every day they want to you want to engage with the content and you want to feel like you're taking something away from it and you're also engaging in it and I kind of pride myself on making sure that the content that I put on the radio station does just that um so yeah I mean that's a very in a nutshell uh version of who I am and I am super excited to be here whenever you offer me an opportunity to come on another platform and talk to somebody I'm like yeah let's do it I get excited so I'm really really happy to be here I'm revved up I'm ready to go (laughs)
0: all right that's what we need revved up yeah and we are excited
1: to have you so since this you're actually on the platform known as tv channeling we have to ask you at least a couple of your tv taste questions before we get to this week's entertainment news so i'd like to know what are some of the things in your netflix queue right now
2: pull the netflix queue up if you wanted me to right this moment no um i am currently <laughs> making my way through the blacklist which is an absolutely wonderful show i am super duper addicted to it right now um and t- do you want tv shows or do you want documentaries tv do want shows
1: movies, movies documentaries, Everything. whatever is in your net whatever you are watching on what we call tv which is now any device
2: Literally just <laughs> <laughs> we, we want to
1: know what it is
2: um, so I am watching, like I said, The Blacklist, The Umbrella Academy. Um,
1: Umbrella Academy is everything.
2: It's so good, isn't it? And I'm like halfway through some of the episodes, but I'm like, I have a lot more to go. Like I'm only on episode three and I'm like unpacking some of these things. Um, well, for those
1: of you who haven't seen Umbrella Academy yet, if you... I don't know why you'd have any questions about Mary J. Blige being a badass, but if you had any doubts, it's been cleared up with Umbrella Academy. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Um, I am also, I watched Abducted in Plain Sight, which I, oh my lord, don't even get me started on that show. Um, (laughs) It was just ridiculous. And then I went even further down the rabbit hole and watched on Hulu, um, Three Identical Strangers, which is even crazier, and really, I just look for like mindless entertainment. (laughs) You know, like I I look for mindless entertainment, but I also look for the good stuff, like, you know, the stuff that has several seasons to it that I can kind of really get like get knee deep into, you know, like American horror stories in there. Um, What else do I have in there? I have a lot of stuff. I went through a lot of different shows. But yeah, that's that's a few of the things I'm watching.
0: Wow. And you said you like mindless entertainment. Is that because you have so much thinking to do? Uh, on a daily basis.
2: It is, you know, it's like I'm a manager at my job, my my normal nine to five, plus I'm running the radio station. You know, I'm in the process of planning a wedding and, you know, my husband's overseas or fiance's overseas. And there's just a lot. I have, you know, recent health issues going on. So I am constantly like plugged in and just on, (laughs) you know, so when I get home, I really like to just kind of kick back and watch something mindful like mindless i mean or something that just takes me away from all of the things that i'm dealing with on a regular basis that i can kind of immerse myself in and just be totally
0: lost in the storyline okay and, you and, gave and, me hold on hold on before before you go i just have to say <laughs> that congrats on Thank getting you. um engaged because kevin i don't know if you saw but um she actually was on air when her yes. fiance proposed to her so i was watching and i was like okay what's going on and he was like look in the drawer and i was like oh
2: it was crazy right i was (laughs) was like
0: like... scavenger hunt i like this (laughs) right (laughs) and then you know there was the the ring with the box in it he called in on air to um tell her to do that so that was really cool so congrats
2: it was great because he like hit me one of my favorite 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 movies hands down is brown sugar
0: And Mm. he hit
2: me with a brown sugar moment. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good. But I also was like, like, he he messed with me because, like, he was going to do it at the movie theater. But I nixed those plans because I had my show. He's like, you want to go to the movies tonight? I'm like, it's Wednesday night. I have my show. You know this. You've been around. You know what's going on. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. So he had to, like, switch his whole entire plan. So he did it and he ended up doing it while I was on air. But I was, like, in the middle of a show so, like, I'm in the middle of this moment of being, you know, proposed to, and I'm also trying to be on Facebook Live and on actual radio air, and I'm, like, trying to compose myself and, like, still do the show and still – it was it was just crazy. So, he, he really threw me off because, like, when I get into doing my shows – I'm doing the show. I'm not thinking about other things and stuff like that. Like I'm plugged into the station. So he like totally hit me from left field with that. And I didn't even know how to to respond or react because I was just like, ah, what? (laughs) So it was great.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. Sorry, Kevin. I just had to (laughs) bring that up. Oh,
1: no, no problem. And congratulations. Okay. Well, my other question when you were talking about like, you know, dealing with a lot of stuff and just trying to relax and, and push the world away for a little bit. What would you consider to be your television comfort food? What are those shows and movies that when you just want to turn everything off, turn your brain off, that you can just watch that you shows that you've seen, you know, many many times, movies you've seen many many times that is just like sinking into a warm bath.
2: Oh, oh, you know what? I take me back one quick second to another show that I'm absolutely adoring and loving is This is Us. I oh my god, that show's amazing. Mm. Um, forgot to mention that. Anywho. Warm bath TV shows and movies for me. So I am a big like I'm a I'm kind of a nerd a little bit. Um, But I love binge watching like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I was a huge charmed fan. I'm not a big fan of this reboot. I'm not a fan of reboots like leave my shows alone. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm a charmed fan up to enter enter page like when they cut prue out of the show i was mad about it and i kind of was like
1: eh, <laughs> uh, uh. oh wow i am a
2: like died in the blood like died in the wool type of charmed fan so like charmed is my show um you know fresh prince of bel-air like i mentioned old school movies for me are a thing like i mentioned brown sugar is my movie i absolutely love drop dead fred the labyrinth um Bay's kids beetlejuice uh, Roger Rabbit, these are all movies and stuff that I watched when I was a little kid with my family and because my family's all scattered around like my, my mom and sister and brother are up in Boston, my dad's down in Philadelphia, um, and I'm kind of here by myself a little bit in New York, you know, so sometimes when I'm getting a little nostalgic, I'll watch like some of those movies just to kind of take me back. Um, but if I'm looking for something like a TV show to just put on the background while I just mindlessly scroll through facebook or do whatever sometimes i'll throw on family guy i'll throw on you know blackish i'll throw on um just randomness really honestly like law and order sometimes ends up being background noise for me which is weird right that's probably weird I i don't know what that says about me um but yeah those are the kinds of shows i watch to just kind of tune out some things and you know kind of forget what's going on a little bit sometimes
0: Wow. Well, I'm uh, I'm a little salty that you said things like who who framed Roger Rabbit like that's old school. I'm like, that is that is not old school or I mean, I watched old. that
2: when I was a kid. So I feel like it's an old movie for me.
0: <laughs> OK, um, well, I will let you have I will let you have that millennial uh, anyway. <laughs> no, I'm <not> a millennial. <laughs> OK, let's pretend you
2: are. <laughs> I can unpack that whole like that whole We I should do a show about how I'm not a millennial. I would love to do that show.
0: No, you know what? It, that, and that's an interesting thing because people keep saying to me, "You're a millennial, right?" I'm like, "In what life am, am I a millennial?" Yeah. Thank you, but no, I'm not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Ugh.
0: Wow. But no. Fantastic, great, Kevin. Any other questions you have for her, or should we? Get no, to the I, I don't
1: want to. I don't want to dive any more into her TV other than hearing her answers when, and what she thinks of some of the latest news stories because there is so much going on this week.
0: Okay, so we're just going to dive into it. And again, this is the first time that we have a guest with us doing news, which is actually very cool. We should do this more often. Hmm. Yeah. You mean with just you-
2: me or you mean in general?
0: <laughs> Both. Both <Because> I- <laughs>
2: Because I can be that person if that's what y'all need.
0: <laughs> Both. Yeah, no, we're going to have to have you back to do the news <laughs> thing. Because it's, it's it's cool to see the interaction of three people. Kevin and I know how we respond to things yeah. for the most part. But it's interesting to have that third person uh, jump in. So yeah. we're going to jump in right now. And we're going to jump in. Jump in with Jussie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what jump in with Jussie. This, this, this one right here. So. Here's an update. In case you've been living under a rock and three thick blankets for the past nearly three weeks, Jesse Smollett has apparently lied about his attack by these two men who were supposed to be non-melanated, ended up being Nigerian brothers, ended up being paid by him to perpetrate this attack, allegedly. Or this is what the grand jury found because the grand jury has returned Sixteen counts against mm. Jussie Smollett. And if you if you look at his um his uh picture, his photo, what is it called? A mug photo mug, fo- mug shot. Yes. He looks like and I would have gotten away for it with it if it wasn't for you meddling <laughs> you kids. Meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he looks like. So Jesse Sm- uh, Smollett is now facing deeper legal troubles after a grand jury returned the 16 felony counts for falsely reporting a hate crime attack against him in January. So, so and you know what? This is fine. I didn't even realize it's been as far back as January. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So January. So the grand jury returned the disorderly conduct charges. Thursday. He's scheduled to be uh, arraigned on March 14th. How nice for him. The specific allegations are false report of offense, and they're a class four felonies, not misdemeanors, felonies. So according to the indictment, in quotes, Jesse Smollett knew at that time, at the time, there was no reasonable ground for believing that such offenses had been committed. So it expands the case against him, these this indictment, and the counts focus on allegedly false statements he made to two different Chicago police officers. Each count covers various alleged acts that Smollett falsely described to the officers, including that he was hit by two men, that they yelled racial and homophobic slurs, and poured a chemical on him. Hmm. I can't wait to hear Kevin. Kevin is silent
1: because of- I, 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 it's been <laughs> it just, hard. It's I, it, been hard. It, it, it's hard for again. If 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 you're a regular listener to the show, some of us were like, "Well, the jury's out. We'll have to wait and see." And some of us were like, "No, the jury's been in from the beginning." Well,
0: Kevin, I the, the whole thing is that's how you bloody get sued. I'm like, let's just wait. Alleged, uh, even Kevin. though I told you, I, I said on air, um, Jamie that. I had the same feeling about this case that I did when the Susan Smith case came out, if you remember that, Uh, when this uh, non-Melanated woman said that a black man had uh, drowned her children, stole the car. I I was like, you know, it's that whole we don't do stuff like
2: that sounds out of character that sounds really
0: out of character and what was really out of character was her uh composite sketch he had on a lumberjack shirt i said oh now i know you're lying because we we don't don't wear wear lumberjack shirts (laughs) oh god never mind the other stuff you you
1: people are you're stereotyping all the all the brothers out there that are rocking those lumberjack shirts they're doing their going to uh costume parties dressed as the brawny paper towel guy you you just you hurt all their hearts (laughs)
0: She said all two of them exactly, <laughs> and they're brothers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so um, I had that same feeling, but you know, you it's due process. You have to you have to say allegedly and stuff until you know this is the case. And even you know it, this, he's not even gone to uh, the grand jury found him guilty. But still, there's still more to come out.
1: So oh yeah, no, but, I, but the difference between you and I was I was saying he was allegedly guilty, and you were saying he's allegedly in, <laughs> in oh, a- oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you wanted to get sued and that's why i directed them to your twitter
1: account it was so. it, it was cleared by the tv channeling legal team so i felt confident in saying it and one of the interesting things about the latest with the the 16 uh grand jury uh charges is that his legal team were saying that this is piling on and it's vindictive and just like well what's vindictive is what you've done to the country is it yeah. we are already living in a tinderbox the Any spark could just make the whole country just blow up completely because, you know, we have a commander in chief running around with matches and gasoline. You're not helping so uh, the i and to me what's made it worse for him honestly is the fact that he is still holding on to something when it's up the jig is up he you mentioned scooby-doo he would you would pull the mask off and reveal it was him and he would still say it's not him it's like it is over it's over we have video of the nigerians buying rope and everything and my and my favorite thing about it was well just because i know them and wrote them a check which was for just for workouts and pro Teen bars and stuff it doesn't it doesn't mean that um, I was in on it it's just like yes it w- w- you would be able to do that argument plausibly if it weren't for the fact that you said that the, your attackers were white and and then you <laughs> the people you chose to stage it were the non-whitest people ever yeah. so it's, no the ori- no the
0: original people you had to go to the continent of Africa and get two people instead of
1: somebody <laughs> the <Exactly. Come on. laughs> most or non melanated the, like, most, <laughs> the most the most melanin rich uh, yeah. man he could possibly find <laughs> so there was absolutely no way you could have been confused and been like well i thought maybe no there's no doubt it, and so to continue, exactly so to me he's i already think his career is over but to me to drag this out and not to have had some kind of just like you called um uh just like he called robin roberts before you need to call call her right back or better yet get oprah and start tearing up and <laughs> say you're sorry and talk about how, you know, you've been through some rough stuff and and come up with some kind of story. I mean, I, it just but but to continue lying just makes it so much worse. So
0: Jamie, I know you have some words on this and I'm sure you have a unique perspective having a radio station and probably having shows with people who have discussed this. What have you heard or what are your thoughts?
2: I was annoyed. I'm not – like it's so All right, so my first my first thing hearing about this, I was like, "All right. I had I had like This seems sketchy already because I'm like, first of all, who walks around the streets carrying bleach just happening to look for celebrities? Like, and who happens? Who's carrying nooses around? You know what I mean? Like, these are not things that you have in your backpack, like, or in your pocket. These are like, it's just weird. That seemed very strange to me. They're like, he poured, they poured bleach on me and they put a noose around my neck. Immediately, I was like, okay, if this really happened, that's messed up and I feel really, really sorry. But then I was just like, really? Did they really have that stuff just readily available? Like they were just out looking for him or something. So that was my first thing. And then it was like, okay, they found the guys and were like, oh, no, this was real. It really happened. And then they're like, oh, but wait, no, it, he made it up. No, he didn't make it up. No, he did make it up. And there was like back and forth for about a week there where they kept saying it was made up and then it wasn't made up and then it was made up. And I'm just like, is it or isn't it? Like, what is going on? You know. So I got annoyed with this case because I just felt like it was it was just becoming a media circus. You know, and he was doing all of this because he was mad about money and he was mad about his position in the show. Um, and I heard something along the lines of like, I think Taraji and and um, Terrence Howard get something like either $250,000 or 150000 an episode and he doesn't get that much. And he was mad about it. And that's why he was doing all this was to, to allegedly help his case or something or help him make more money. But all he did was get himself removed from the show. So I'm like, you had to know that this was going to backfire.
0: Like, not apparently piragy, not nor is he terrence howard yeah uh, I, I, the thing is the, there's a whole lot of stuff with this case but another thing is that people have to understand that you don't know, know the level that you're on yeah please raise your hand and tell me if you can name anything else that jesse smollett has been in before empire what? i can't the mighty ducks oh really yeah
1: yeah he was you one see of the and the fact
0: that we had to say oh really shows me <laughs> that nobody okay besides that show with you and your brothers and sisters back in the day what the hell else have you been on yes. nothing okay well not nothing he's probably been in other things but i can't rattle off your imdb page at all yeah taraji and terrence howard yep. have a long respected history of of roles they have they paid their dues, so yeah. of course the and and for for you know let's be real two hundred and fifty thousand dollars an episode for a show that was like number one that's not a lot.
1: Mm, yeah <laughs> that, that's not yeah a lot. no there i was actually surprised at how low, that's uh, very their, low. Their, their their pay is for as well as that show was doing in the first couple seasons i haven't watched it or thought about it for a while Me until too, yeah. this whole thing came up and the funny thing about the you were saying how like how could he not know this was gonna fall apart everything about the story was sketchy from day one yeah. the beginning is the reason, like you talked about, the fact that he, people just happen to have bleach on them and and rope. The whole idea was he had a threat, a threatening letter comes to Fox threatening him in particular and uh saying racial things and homophobic things in the letter since that apparently didn't get enough attention he uh raised the game now the funny thing is Fox offered when so there were death threats of one of their cast members to have protection he said no thank you and so right after you get a threatening <laughs> letter uh threatening to kill you what do you do go out at three o'clock in the morning go buy a sandwich by yourself that right there Same told sketchy. me everything I needed to know it's just like it, it, again there's this thing called post Postmates and Grubhub and all kinds of other apps do the exact same thing. Well, he's
0: not getting paid enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not getting paid enough to afford Postmates. Can you know talk if, about if, that,
2: if, too? Because, like, you're Jussie Smollett. You're eating Subway? Really? At the he's end of eating
1: the fresh. He's eating fresh. Thank I mean, you very much.
2: There's no look, no, no shade on Subway. Subway is delicious, and they have come in, in handy when I've needed them to with their sandwiches. But I'm like, I'm just expecting you to be eating something a little bit better than... Than subway, like that's like saying oh, maybe that's that. the only thing open
1: at three o'clock in the morning. Maybe that's
0: the only thing open at three o'clock in the morning. So at least know. he thought the store okay. But can I run with why this is subway rabbit open just at three run- o'clock in the morning? Because there. It's so
1: they're actually 24 hours which again who are these people i don't understand <laughs> whenever i see a 24-hour subway i'm like who how are they you in business <laughs> exactly no, Exa- no, people, staging, some people of the night now people staging is. hate crimes and people of the night
0: yes. so okay can i run with this rabbit for just a moment because yep. i know we need to move on to some other stories <laughs> but what if this is not just an elaborate plot by Jesse Smollett. What if there are other people, uh, a la Empire, uh, crew that are involved with this as part of a way to increase ratings? For the show?
2: But now look what he's gotten himself into. Like, he's going in front of the grand jury. So, like, when do they say, okay, my, our bad. We was just trying to get y'all to watch they, the no, show. No, but
0: they would never say our bad. They oh. would never say our bad. He would just be the fall person, and he would take it for the team. And maybe, hopefully, he thought it, went, it would hopefully go well, and it didn't go so well. But, you know, they're not going to say, Pim, not that I'm saying this is the case. I'm yeah. just saying, what if... What oh this well was-
1: this was the worst plan ever then because <laughs> honestly i actually think it's going to have the reverse effect i think more people would probably boycott the show yeah. stop watching the show because of this versus we're all going to tune in in support of the person who isn't even on the show anymore yeah. the only thing i've said it before and i'll say it again please do not kill off uh the jamal character just kill off Jesse Smollett. Have him leave the show and have you know what? Put him in a limo, then have it blow up or something like that. He's badly burned, and when they take those bandages off, he's a <laughs> no whole new character. He's a new, whole no. new person.
2: You can't Aunt Viv him. Don't Aunt Viv him, please.
1: Don't. Aunt no, him. You, no. You, you you're Aunt, No, the difference between Aunt Viv is Aunt, there was no explanation. No, She just turned up fair skinned. She just, she just. just, just no, the difference is with she woke the light like skins. No, you have, yes. you have, a, you have a an explosion or something. Jesse Jesse Smollett's character goes into a limo or something like that, and the limo blows up because there was somebody trying to do a hit on uh, on on Terrence Howard or something. And Jesse gets it, but he's not killed; he's just burned badly, and they have to reconstruct his face into a new non-hate crime staging person. And so that, so because they only have one gay character on the show, so why get rid of that character just because of him?
2: Yeah, it's true, and that's that's one thing that didn't make me mad about this whole you know, situation was just, things are already tense, you know, in the LGBTQ community with all the things going on and all the hate crimes and stuff happening. And this is not, like you said, in the beginning of the show, this is not helpful you know this is not if this is fake this is not helpful for what's going on you're not forth- furthering any causes you know what I mean like
0: I un- I agree I do agree but uh, what, you know what's happening now is that people are acting like the the fate of the world and the uh, believability of all people of color and all LGBTQ yeah. people now hinges on Jussie Smollett no <laughs> because these people were already racist already bigoted already biased before this. this is just now giving them an excuse to say see and they've always Done that. So what I don't like is when people, yeah, it is hard and it it, it is another thing. But they were going to do this anyway. It just happened to be with this. So you know, it it goes again with now he's carrying the weight of everything on his shoulders. you know and I don't feel sorry for him but it's like it wasn't because of Jussie Smollett they were going to do this anyway so yeah but
1: that's I think that's just part of being a person of color one of the benefits uh one of the privilege we people talk about talk about white privilege the biggest white privilege there is that no one ever talks about is the fact that you never see a white person watching the news going like and and you hear a story like you know uh man uh man slaughters uh uh, children in in a uh, preschool and white people are never going oh I God, I hope he's not white. And then <laughs> <that's> <laughs> because because the actions of one white person is just their actions. They're never equated yeah. with anybody but them. That's just Jeff. And so <laughs> not Jeff. But but what Jamal does affects everybody. <laughs> no, you're right about that. That might you're be right my
2: favorite line from this whole episode. That's just Jeff.
0: <laughs> I love it. And you can buy the That's just Jeff t-shirt. In the TV <laughs> channeling store.
3: <laughs>
0: Look for it coming soon to T-shirts, buttons, and mugs. <laughs> so I think we've we've exhausted Jesse. The only thing um, I I will say is that, and you mentioned this that uh, the, his lawyer Mark uh, Garagos is slamming these new redundant and vindictive uh, indictment. He's slamming it. So i don't understand yeah, he, how
1: I, honestly i don't even think the ghost of johnny cochran can get him off Ooh. it's just it's over
0: <laughs> exactly he's <laughs> exactly. going down Heavens. it's done mm. It's done. so just take it take it uh the way it should be apologize you'll be for, uh, surprised mr jesse yeah. how forgiving people can be when you just are sincere in what you've done and you apologize it's not going to be tomorrow my friend and oh, if no, i'm, I'm be... not forgiving
1: i'm not forgetting either but go ahead
0: no, no, no. I know. I, we know you're not, sir. Mr. Holder, Mr. Grudge. We, we know that. But um, other people may be willing to forgi- uh, forgive you. I mean, look at some of the terrible things that have been done. Really? Some of these people and now they're coming back with series. Yeah albeit they're not black
1: but you know let, uh, let's see what you. happens yes yeah but let's speaking see of what happens speaking of somebody else who um i have a grudge against let's talk about singers in the news who uh, <laughs> might allegedly be pedophiles
2: uh-huh. Who are we talking
0: about? I
1: don't know. Uh, <laughs> who will recently be interviewed by uh, Oprah's best friend? Not okay, now
0: okay, now that's narrowed it down because that could I was going to all <laughs> this and I'm like, Uh-oh. I need you to clarify. Let's, just, let's discuss
1: any of the our, our favorite pedophile singers.
0: Okay, so. I this story is very compelling. And for me, not because of the story itself and the actual interview. So for those of you who don't know, Friday, Gail King from CBS, who is Oprah's best friend, but is also an excellent journalist in her own right, it she she interviewed R. Kelly uh on the allegations, etc. So R. Kelly acted an orangutan, is that a good way to say it? Yeah. Yeah, oh well, basically.
1: oh that's oh, okay. Now see, okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you. That's you, not of just all now. the
1: animals to choose. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. think that that's Maybe cool. Not. Again, we're gonna be that, boycotted. Yeah. No, I
0: use I use orangutan for anybody because I tell my students. Uh, yeah,
1: but okay, that's sounds... I tell
0: my students if you get out there and you act an orangutan, don't tell me, don't tell them I ever taught you. And so let's I, say
1: act a hyena. <laughs> There's got to be some other animal that's less uh, racially charged, Tachi.
2: Act Please. a fool. He just acted a fool. He was he great. Did. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Mister Overly Sensitive. Um. Yes, he did. Uh, he cut up. Seriously. <laughs> he seriously, seriously cut up. Um. Uh. The Academy Award goes to because I don't for sec- a second believe it. So he got uh, really uh, intense, and it, let's talk a little bit about it. So, um. It, prime time, prime time rate in the primetime ratings race, it scored a 1.2 out of 6 demo triumph amongst adults 18 to 49, and 6.60 million to, uh, total viewers, which toppled Fox's Last Man Standing. So, you know, a lot of it uh, was about the, it was a ratings, it was a big ratings hit. So, King's interview had been well previewed the day before it aired, days before it aired, with, you know, scenes of kelly's uh fury shall we call it the balls of fury so the like a bad metaphor (laughs) thank you terrible Terrible. definitely so the uh king uh, king interviewed allowed cbs to coast to an overall victory amongst the networks because of this so they didn't um because of this, it did, it did really well. So let's talk a little bit about the interview. Did you guys see at least that the whole interview or at least that part of the interview?
2: I saw the 10 minute part I didn't see the whole I couldn't find the whole interview for some reason like,
1: yeah and I also I also saw like the 11 minute yeah, uh, that's section but I, I also watched the second part where there was a part where he interviewed where they well, I, I love the idea that he actually thought him and his people thought it would be a good idea to, to, to as a character witness have my two 20 year old girlfriends speak yeah. in my defense <laughs> and it was just yeah. like like Again,
3: it still. <laughs> I didn't go to law
1: school, but to have two girls that are like twenty when you're like like fifty um defend your two girlfriends defending you plus one of them the family is constantly on TV going like, we haven't seen our daughter in years <laughs> it's like why would that be a good idea?
2: These are bad character witnesses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're horrible character witnesses.
2: And he needs eight, to
0: fire his entire team. How about that?
2: I was like, if I'm R. Kelly, I'm like, I need you to find me somebody from a old folks home in a wheelchair and they need to be my girlfriend for this interview like (laughs) i need to change the narrative
1: (laughs) oh well my favorite and then he said something about how oh he's he's encountered 40-year-old women whose bodies are tight i'm like wait what What? how is this a defense what i don't understand (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh, i cannot it was sick. so crazy what I, what I will say is the internet is undefeated like they don't Shh. take anything seriously like there's a, a video going around that made it into like a trap song they made his whole breakdown into a trap song within yeah a day. I,
0: I saw it i, I saw it like, within a day within a like, day
2: how are y'all so fast like
0: oh they wait for these types of things you know that things are memeable and this was going to be definitely memeable oh my god w-
1: my, one of my my favorite meme from it was uh on twitter where he's like where he starts crying going i'm fighting for my life and it shows like they they superimpose like gail king is holding a, a, a uno draw four card and the, whole, <laughs> and, and the caption is all like how i feel when somebody puts down a draw four <laughs> <Hell> <laughs> and it shows him crying. i was just like oh my god
0: but, so there's this one that you have to watch it on Instagram so for those people that like I'm Nigerian and so there's a Nigerian Instagram and he's not just Instagram but he's a comedian his name is Dulo and so he does these voiceovers of the different like the animals and stuff and it's hilarious so he did this one and when R. Kelly jumps up he said what do you mean you're out of jollof rice I called you and you said you had jollof rice I was dying laughing and he did it Perfectly. So it it's it spans across cultures, people. And Even the Nigerians. I saw not to this one.
2: I saw one guy who put something up on Facebook that was like or Twitter that was like, This is how I know R. Kelly's lying, because that's exactly how I act when I'm guilty. And I was like, oh my God.
0: No, exact no, exactly. Well, well you get emotional and
2: freak out and whatnot and whatever when you're guilty like i was like that's crazy and
0: defensive and you're not really answering the question per se you're skirting around it yeah and that's what he's doing but can i give props to gail king for just remaining as calm as anything right
1: yeah the the one takeaway from this is that gail king meditates she is so zen because when he hopped up like that and started screaming she just did not flinch because i've been like security (laughs) Hey.
2: <laughs> gail king is my spirit animal like i aspire to be as, un- yes. as unbothered as gail king at all things in life like <laughs> absolutely
0: absolutely she's like are, are you i'm channeling
2: that? my gail king right now that's my new thing like listen I'm unbothered.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Did you do you need a hot pocket we can bring somebody, you know? We're gonna some... take a
2: break so you can compose
0: yourself. Exactly. Okay, this is another one of those times <laughs> when I
1: don't understand what the purpose of even having a legal team is. We have not one <laughs> but two videos of you having sex with children. I don't I still don't understand how what kind of Johnny Cochran voodoo. Got him out of the first one. I don't understand what was going on with that jury. Were they paid off? Were they threatened? Were they? Were? Were there videos of R. Kelly holding their kittens and kids? I don't <laughs> understand how they were. He wasn't found guilty the first time, and so now yet again we have video. Not to mention the documentary that just laid it all on, on the table. What? It's, I, it's the so same the, thing. I,
2: like with the women who keep bailing him out of prison like he's got these yes. random oh. weird people that just keep Thank you, safe. thank you.
1: I need to mention one other important thing because R. Kelly was just in jail until like 15 minutes ago <laughs> because he was arrested. After he got out of, after he got bailed out of jail for uh, the all the uh, sex abuse charges, he was immediately re-locked up for having over $160,000 uh, in child back- support. Child support. Mm-hmm. And so somebody on Saturday, I believe, uh, bailed him out and anonymously and the funny thing is a friend of mine was all concerned going like well why don't they just like garnish his wages garnish what wages what? first of all Stop and so, <laughs> so to get his money no and I said, don't offer bail that is the thing right there
0: yeah
1: without yeah, the, bail yeah the bail was paying your back child support and i knew that that i knew someone was going to come up with that money and somebody sh- shrouded in mystery uh put that money up and he is now out well
0: see Again. this is what i blame the justice system for why are you offering him bail there are plenty of other people who are arrested and you know on multiple counts and they're like there's no bail so you just have to wait till trial so that i blame them for that too and this is why he continues to do what he does because there is co-signing on all levels for everything he does yep. from not getting indicted the first time to people constantly bailing him out knowing he's wrong it, it's just it's he just needs to be thrown under the jail it's tiring and like it's what's tiring
2: what's crazy to me is he talks about you know i think gail asked you know have you ever you know had sex with an underage woman and he's like no absolutely not and i'm like bro you married alia in a relationship exactly. like exactly. what are you talking about
1: that, 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 now see i didn't see the hour no to be fair i haven't seen the hour long version of it but like to me the first i don't understand why that wasn't gail king's next question when he said that i've never slept with somebody who was under 17 years eight uh, years of age i'm like well well you were married to someone under 17. So are you claiming that you were just holding hands for a couple of years of your marriage or what? Yeah,
2: like, come on now. And then the other thing that gets me is the um, Surviving R. Kelly documentary, they talk about how he was on the tour bus and the door flew open and a few of them saw him in there with her. So I'm like, There's I can't I cannot like I don't understand and that whole documentary frustrated me because I was just like every single one of y'all sitting in this chair crying and boohooing about R. Kelly are just as guilty as him because did any of y'all hop up on that tour bus and say whoa bro hey maybe y'all shouldn't be doing nobody stopped you everybody let you continue with Aaliyah who was 15 years old at the time and everybody thought it was cool.
0: Like, exactly. No. Exactly. Well, every every oppressor has collaborators. Yeah, it's just.
2: Ridiculous.
1: And also, if nothing else should be learned, I don't understand who these parents are. Yeah. Honestly, who yeah. let their kids go into the world of show business and not and be ever unescorted? To me, if you're that's time to be one of those me- momagers where you cover your your kids are never alone none of this like dropping them off to go talk to the director or have a meeting no Mm -hmm. no dropping off if my kid is somewhere i'm there all the time all day every day in the dressing room out of the dressing room that is insane that Aaliyah was ever alone with that man
0: yep 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 that never should have been the case and you know it's i know it's it's as a parent you try to do what's right um
1: some people are trying harder than others yes
0: failed (laughs) yeah (laughs) you 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 really really failed on this well i just really want to know what is in the thought processes of these parents or alleged parents when they allow their children to go off like they 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 spend more time on uh, who you're going to uh, spend if you want to go to a slumber party? Well, are their parents going to be home? They spent more time on that apparently than them going <laughs> off to see R. Kelly. Yeah. They well, you know, to... you
1: know what know what they're thinking about. You know that dollar sign emoji where the eyes are dollar signs. Yeah. That, that's what they're thinking about when you yeah. ha- when you hand your kids off to R. Kelly or to Roman Polanski or to Michael Jackson. <laughs> like, that's what you're thinking about.
2: What gets me is is you know not e- maybe like you know the first set of children before R. Kelly started going to trial and people started really realizing that this man had an issue is the mothers and the parents that continue to let their children and their daughters be with this guy or go around this guy or or talk to this guy for quote unquote terms of music things because he's R. Kelly. But it's like you know that he's in the court system for allegedly doing X, Y, and Z. I don't care if you're alleged or you're actual, like as long as that is surrounding your name, you're not surrounding my child. Like I'm sorry. I'm just not gonna put my child in that situation in the first place. If there's a suggested pedophile, then I'm gonna suggest my kid don't go there. Like R. Kelly's not the only producer or artist in the in the rap game or whatever. Like I don't understand why like they treat him like he's the only game in town if your daughter or your son or whoever is truly talented then it doesn't have to be just r kelly or just whoever like you can take this for your child to who whatever producer and work with them
0: absolutely but you're thinking like a jamie somebody with sense we're dealing now <laughs> with people that have no sense yeah they don't have the sense that uh, was given to two smashed ants, so you can't <laughs> use that your line of reasoning for them because uh, you know. Also, what we have to think about is, all right, the the mothers of these uh, of these daughters, what is their life like? What is happening? Because if that is completely okay with them, that leads me to think something is up mm. with them yeah. as well. So there, that's a whole other psychological profile to go into. But I kind of since uh. We've done enough, R. Kelly. I can't talk about him too long, just like yes. I can't listen to his music. Moving so, on. well,
1: who's the on. who's the next uh, musician slash pedophile, allegedly, well, I'm in about the news? See,
0: <laughs> see, see, and you're getting on mm. me, team. I said allegedly. Okay, okay. I said allegedly. All right. So, in the same strain of Mr. R. Kelly, we already know that the Finding Neverland documentary came out at Sundance, and the family is vehemently against it, you know, taking action and no, these are lies and da, 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 da. And uh, not only that, it was the what was the special that came out? Was it HBO?
1: oh yeah uh, Yeah. the the whole documentary it's it's actually four full four complete hours it aired on hbo and then and then there was uh the cherry on top of the sunday was oprah having a discussion with the with the two main uh, accusers as well as the director of the film and um, i actually saw all all the, the documentary as well as the uh after show with oprah did either of you see the documentary or the after show did Um, not
2: sorry i didn't get to see either but i do plan on watching it so i i you know i'm gonna <laughs> Did not.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I, I may.
0: All of this can be. You could get um it's PTSD, traumatic. Yeah. It, it you could really get. Uh, what is that? PTSD from watching all of this stuff that's going on between the shootings and the media. You can. So you really have to temper how much of this stuff you watch. Thinking about self care. So I may. We'll see. Kevin knows me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so in that, you know, people are not waiting to see what's going to happen with this. This, uh, you Remember the episode of The Simpsons that featured Michael Jackson? Yep. This was a few years ago. Well, The Simpsons team is pulling that episode from all platforms that carry the show oh, because it on. features the voice of Michael Jackson. So this was uh the season three episode. I didn't know it was that long ago.
1: Yeah. Stark Raving Dad. Stark Raving
0: Dad. Yeah. It's going to be removed from circulation because of the sexual assault uh, accusations made in not, why did I say Finding Neverland? It's Leaving Neverland. Finding Neverland is another movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Leaving Neverland. Yeah. So this is according to the New York Times. They confirmed this on Thursday. So in speaking with the Wall Street Journal, The Simpsons executive producer James L. Brooks said that, quote, clearly, the tr- it was clearly the choice to make after he... Um, creator Mark Groening and executive producer Al Jean saw the documentary. And Brooks said that because the documentary gave the evidence of Jackson's monstrous behavior, that it was important to pull the episodes despite it being one of his favorites. So I didn't realize it was that long ago. It was from 1991. And if you don't remember the episode, this is where Homer meets a man who claims to be Michael Jackson in a mental institution. And it was actually voiced by the real Michael Jackson. Uh, Homer invites him to the home and helps Bart write a birthday song for Lisa before revealing he's actually a man named Leon Kompowski.
2: Lisa, it's your birthday. Yes, yes. Happy birthday, Lisa. Lisa. Yep.
0: (laughs) I remember. I actually liked that episode. Yeah. Um, So it's going to be removed from streaming services, TV stations, and Blu-ray DVD box sets, and all other forms that the show is available. So... The documentary, the two that uh, individuals at Oprah interviewed, Wade Robson and James Safechuck, I believe are their names, they st- said that they suffer suffered years of sexual abuse as boys at the hands of jackson and of course the jackson the state has denounced the documentary but it's starting to have its intended effects already so now that episode is being pulled now what i'm wondering is what's going to happen next in terms of music and and, and all of that i'm yeah no so There
1: already there's already been um uh several stations uh and networks around the world that have pulled the music some networks have refused to pull the music because he wasn't found guilty in a court of law and i'm so sick of people mentioning the idea well weren't wasn't found guilty in a court of law there we already know that the justice system is flawed in our country and there are people that are found guilty that we know that aren't guilty that end up being uh cleared by dna evidence decades after serving decades in jail and are in prison and so the idea because michael jackson skated uh uh, meant that he didn't do anything is absolutely ludicrous and uh, the one good thing i will say is that the streaming his streaming uh uh revenue has gone down five percent since the documentary uh went on hbo uh a little over a week ago and uh i'm absolutely thrilled because with uh r kelly initially his stream numbers went up after uh his controversy got going and i defy anybody first of all i don't know who you are that still is thinking michael jackson is innocent i don't understand what your deal is But I guess you're the kind of person that believes that the current president tells the truth all the time. I don't understand what's going on in your mind. But if you see the documentary, there's I don't know how you can come out of it and not realize and not see very clearly what was happening with this man and the plethora of children of boys that he had around him all the time. Do either of you remember a 2020 interview where he was with this boy that that his current boy at the time? that he, they were holding hands and giggling. It was just stunning. A Martin Bashir interview that aired on 2020. I, mean, I remember that. It okay. was just like... Um, anyway, I, I, I have no words for how upsetting the documentary is. And I went into the documentary already believing he was guilty, so I wasn't surprised. But what I was surprised by is how hard it was to watch the watch documentary and to hear... How much the, the how much how early the abuse started for some? Of them. One of them started at seven years old, and um, it, it's rough. I, I it is rough t- uh, stuff. But the idea that people are still defending him. One thing I will say is I was surprised that uh, Corey Feldman or yeah, Corey Felt- yeah Cory Feldman, yeah, Feldman he came for he will, always has de- defended Michael Jackson. He said he will no longer defend him. Uh, uh, so I'm like wow okay some maybe something's changing with some people.
2: So, and I'm not, I'm not defending, I haven't seen the documentary, like you said, but it's hard. It's so hard for me. I know that there's a lot of people that mirror my my sadness, because, you know, as African Americans in this country, we have these icons like Michael Jackson, you could say the name Michael Jackson in a household years ago, and women would burst into tears, you know, like, remember the emotional you know situations that people would have at his concerts that's how much of an effect he had on this country so it's hard for me and i know that you know a lot of folks mirror my sentiment because me and my dad used to listen to michael jackson on the way into school every single day and my dad is a huge michael jackson fan and actually i want to talk to him about this it would be good to, to talk to him about it um but it's just it's it hits me in a certain way like it hurts your heart You know, because like so much of your childhood for me, so much of my childhood and my good childhood memories are entwined and wrapped around the bonding that I did with my father over Michael Jackson's music, that it hurts to hear these things and to watch this documentary and to know that that was the caliber of man he was because it's that's your childhood. You know, like it just feels it it hurts you in the feels, you know, so like I like I said, I'm not defending him if I'm going to watch this documentary and I'll probably do a show on it. You know, but I already have my sneaking suspicions, and we already kind of know because it's like these things have been in the media and they've been in the news for so long now that you're like, if you call a spade a spade, it's a spade. Honestly, like well, there's yeah, only well, so many people you can come forward that you're like, okay. And
1: also, he did pay like twenty five million dollars to the the first accuser. Yeah. And so the idea, I remember at the time they were selling it as it just it's an annoyance, so I'll just pay twenty five million dollars because it's nothing to me. Yeah. Just to have be done with that. Yeah. And just like yeah, twenty five million dollars is a lot of money to anyone anytime. Yeah, and especially back then. Yeah. Not that it's nothing now, but, no, <laughs> but it's, it's especially like back then, twenty five million dollars was a lot of money, and it was absolutely uh, crazy to try and to say it was just like a uh, just a sil- just to silence this annoyance that it wasn't all it wasn't at all true. Yeah. and the idea that two things can't be true—that you can't be an incredibly talented musician and an incredibly good dancer yeah. and also be a
2: pedophile—yeah, <laughs> <And then laughs> that when- just I don't, I don't say any of this to justify anything or or defend him or anything like that. And if anybody listening is a victim of anything like that, I totally 100% agree with your ability to come forward and talk about it 100%. And I don't want anything that I'm mentioning about Michael Jackson to make anybody think otherwise. I was just saying for me personally, how it hurts my heart a little bit because of how much of my childhood was wrapped up in fond memories of listening to his music. So yeah, you're 100% right. You know, it's, it's it's totally possible to be both like it's not mutually exclusive like like awesomeness and excellence doesn't only exist in good people unfortunately
0: absolutely um and two things what we need to then do is like the same thing like we asked about r kelly where where were these boys parents uh when this was happening but again dollar signs in the eyes and uh then you know the second thing is as you know in the black community uh, i keep i say this all the time we have the tendency to defend people to a fault where regardless of what they do wrong. And I understand where it comes from in terms of the denigration of people of color and especially black people in the media and in society, you tend to have that notion of I must protect us at all costs, but then you protect even when someone is doing wrong and that hurts the victims. So we have to stop doing that. You know, it's like you want people to march with you, but if you can't even do right, on that end, I, I don't understand. Yeah. So we have, we have to stop defending each other, even when we know you're wrong. Call it out. Stop protecting these people, because this is why the, uh, our, the R. Kelly's and all of this exist, because we okay it, well, and know, then we'll go and bail them out.
2: You know, it's it goes, and we could dive into this conversation a whole lot, too. This goes into just, not even just the black community, but the black family in general, because we have... Members like this in our family, like, you know, Crazy Uncle Charlie or Crazy, you know, such and such, that everybody knows has, is, or or has been doing things and they ignore it and they sweep it under the carpet because that's just cra- that's just Jeff you know like that's just crazy <laughs> <No>. that's
0: crazy <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> now that's just Jeff has taken on a whole new meaning I know right well you oh, know gosh. that's
1: one of, the, one of the the things that because uh, Oprah has already been getting backlash for you know doing the after show thing and she even said when during it that she knew they were going to be coming for her and she, she's talked about publicly about her one of her issues with her own father was the fact that when she talked about being molested by I believe even uncle, mm-hmm. that her father would, would still invite him over to family functions yeah. and she and have a problem with her having a problem with that. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like your feelings don't matter. Yep.
0: So that's very problematic. And we need to we need to stop that. Because here's the thing: not everybody, again, who uh who is abused becomes an abuser, but every abuser has been abused. And on top of that, if you don't deal with these things, like you keep putting it under the rug, it manifests itself in destructive ways that will also affect you because you're a member of society. Yeah. So we have, oh, we have another, to that. Oh, and another
1: another mutually exclusive thing that always bugs me about the argument about Michael Jackson's like, oh, well, he didn't have a childhood. That's why he needs to surround himself with uh, uh, 10-year-old boys.
0: Yeah, and that and just, was like, the biggest crock of rubbish I've ever heard. I'm like, does are you hearing yourself when you see that? What does that have to do with it? Even if you didn't have a childhood, you still, for the most part, understand that you're no longer a child. Yeah. and That's, I mean, that's not same, acceptable.
2: That's the same thing they say for R. Kelly. They're like, well, you know, R. Kelly was molested when he was young. I'm like, that doesn't give you the, the you know, excuse to become a, an abuser. You know what I mean? Like,
0: that's Absolutely. not how you respond to that. <laughs> a- exactly. Well, you know, part of, and this is the uh, last thing I'll say on this, part of the thing is that we also... Have a tendency, and this is a lot of people, but I would say, particularly in, um, black communities, it's very taboo to go and seek help yeah. or air these things because of, okay, just the thing of you say something and you're told you're lying or you're, uh, say, well, don't say anything because then such and such will go to jail. So you're not dealing with these things in constructive ways and it ends up manifesting, as I said, in destructive ways. So we also have to get better about, you know, being able to, Seek help to deal with these things, because had these individuals sought help, you never know. Yep this may oh, not be the case well
1: another thing that bugs me about the his family the Jackson family again they're making money off of his likeness and music and everything still so they're they're not at all a fair arbiter but to have them be like well oh that wasn't who who he was it's just like oh are you a nine-year-old white boy no you're not so the fact that that uh, that, that uh, uh what's his name uh Germaine says that is vouching for him means nothing <laughs> nothing nothing no, it actually exactly. means less than nothing
0: yeah any of the family vouching for him is means nothing because one thing like, i will
1: give credit to is like janet we're, nowhere i have not seen her anywhere oh she's <laughs> got a career she was like she no, is in she, low no. she's
0: like no ma'am yeah there's there's
2: things you don't like not all publicity is good publicity sometimes and that's, exactly that for her that would not do anything good for her career
0: exactly exactly just keep quiet so let's go on a little bit in uh in this hollywood land and talk a little bit about king richard will smith is supposed to play the father of uh, venus and serena williams in a new film so he's set to play richard williams who's the father of venus and serena williams in a film called king richard so according to variety and shadow and act the film is based on a script by Zach Balin, and it's going to center on Richard Williams overcoming hardship, skepticism, controversy, and his own troubled past to instruct his daughters, starting when they were four years old, onto the tennis courts of on the tennis courts of Compton, California, despite not having a background in tennis. That's some uh, that's some audacity. So, uh, it's going to be produced by Tim and Trevor White for Star Throw Entertainment and Smith for his Overbrook Entertainment. His brother-in-law, Caleb uh, or Kaleeb, sorry Kaleeb Pinkett, will also produce for Overbrook, as well as Alan Mandelbaum of Star Thrower. So, Smith is currently right now in production for Bad Boys for Life. Um, and, of course, he's not returning for the new Suicide Squad, which we'll talk about later. So, here's the thing. Okay, he's set to play that. But the big controversy here is the colorism thing. There are a lot of feelings about Will Smith playing Richard Williams because Richard Richard Williams is very melanated. He's dark skinned, yeah. and Will Smith is what medium brown.
1: Yeah, golden brown.
0: Golden. Okay. Are we talking about even. chicken here? I blame. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like a golden golden He's Like brown. a warm apple pie from the oven. Like, like oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow! Oh <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh Oh, man, mm. no. Will Smith is
2: my long term, my long term husband. Him and I have been together for a long time. We keep it very secret. Um, do, does
0: Does he know this?
1: Well, I was, I was, yes no, 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 no. The, no the, does Jada know this? Is the question.
2: You know, the three of us have a really interesting relationship. <laughs>
1: interesting dynamic with the three of you. Yeah,
0: you got the yeah. sister wives thing going on. She she
2: clearly gets more time and stuff than I do. Um, wow. And I've just I've come to terms with it because it's just part of the arrangement, so it's fine.
0: Well, I'm glad you've been able to work that out. <laughs> that's okay, because that's like me and Idris Elba. So, in any case, uh, this th- that's the the whole colorism thing has come into play. And for those of you that are not familiar with colorism, because there may be some people that are not, it's the feeling, it's the uh, that preference for lighter skin within your own ethnic group. So it's not just a black, white uh, thing, or, you know, as they like to make it, that dichotomy. It's also within uh, the Indian community. Uh, fairer is considered better. Uh, Within... Different black communities,
1: Latin community, Ferris any, any, any place where white people have been, people that are that look more like white people seem to be preferred. That's just how it seemed to go with Asian people. It's the thing with the eyes. If you look more Western, yes. um, how they might term it, that's per, that's preferable. But to me, honestly, I have a problem with even terming this a colorism issue.
0: Okay, because colorism
1: why. is about a preference. This is the idea that when, you, when you're playing a real person, you should, like should the actor playing them look like the person that they're playing and to me it's an issue only if that color of the skin was an issue in the actual person's life there was an issue of a few years ago with zoe saldana uh playing nina simone they darkened her skin to have her playing nina simone they put a wig on her and they put on a prosthetic nose to me if you have to do that then that means you've cast the wrong person to play this character
2: yeah Yes. I agree. And I think honestly, like it's the same way they had uh you know Biggie's son play him in the documentary, the gentleman that played Tupac in his documentary. It lends something to the story when you look like the character you're playing. You know, Will Smith as Muhammad Ali did wonderful. You know, um Lawrence Fishburne as Michael as Malcolm X, wonderful. But it's like you got to kind of look like the person you're playing because it just drives it home a little bit more. It adds credibility to your character.
0: Absolutely. And it makes it seem like I didn't just pick this actor because he's so famous and will draw box office dollars. Yeah, I have a a problem. Will Smith has done this before. And so if Will Smith is on board with directing this, it's like, okay, of course the hell you're going to cast, not directing, but executive producing, you're going to cast yourself. I had a problem when he did this with Concussion, uh, the movie about a forensic pathologist, Dr. Bennett O'Malley, so Dr. Bennett Omalu is Nigerian, and um, he was playing a Nigerian. First of all, Will Smith, and I will say that your Nigerian accent was deplorable, <laughs> terrible. So he didn- couldn't even get the accent right. It's just this thing of like, oh, well, this is how Africans talk. I'm like, did you even go to a proper coach? And he was he's taller than this doctor was, and fairer, much fairer than this dark doctor was. So in that case, it's like, oh, well, we want this to be a box office draw. So we're just going to cast Will Smith. That's not a good reason to cast someone in important stories and stories like this, stories like Richard Williams. It's too important for you to just cast anybody. To me, it's like you're just casting anybody not saying that he's he's a decent enough actor. But uh, Academy Award winning, he is not. I could think of a million other people that would work better than Basically, than
1: Will Smith. any anybody who has a penis that was in Black Panther could do a better <laughs> job and be a better casting choice than Will Smith for this part. And to, honestly, when it comes to racism, and I guess you can call it colorism if you want to. Serena has dealt with a lot of things, uh, uh, Venus and Serena both Mm -hmm. dealt with a lot of things about not just being black, but they're also their skin color and to me to, you won't be able to depict that fully if you have will smith playing their father yeah. who are the girls are they going to cast to play uh, the daughters are they going to look more like him or are they going to look nothing like him i mean just it, it to me it's a it's a mistake and it's all about his ego there are other uh uh black actors now that have names like an idris elba if idris yes. elba would have been great casting he to play been amazing so it, it to me it's an yeah. a, a, and it's an it's already an it's already a fail as far as I'm concerned. And Idris,
0: Idris Elba can already do an American accent, yeah. so there's no training or anything needed. Plus, he's an ex- excellent actor. I. This is all about box office dollars, if you ask me. I it, there's no earthly reason to, and the fact that he's executive producing, so he said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna play it." Who told you? See, this is where you have to understand <laughs> the limitations. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, but but
1: there's uh, there's other people that have had. Uh, there's da- Daniel Aiello could do it, um, as well as who's the who was the star of Black Panther? I can't remember what his name is.
0: Oh, d- uh, uh, um, oh Mahershala um, Ali, or no, 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 no. Not no. Him? Oh my gosh. Uh, um, he went to Howard. How do I not know? Uh, remember the um Luke uh
1: uh Bozeman, Chadwick Bozeman. yeah, it. Chadwick Bozeman. He's played every other famous he's black played, person in history. Um,
0: he's <laughs> so- play- well. Okay, so to be fair, this same alligator now, Chadwick Bozeman played in the movie um uh The Lawyer. What's his name? On his first case uh that used to be Supreme Court Justice. Thurgood. Help me, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall. Marshall. Right. So he played in Marshall. Thurgood Marshall was extremely fair-skinned.
1: No, the, the reverses happened, too. There was the same thing with Daniel Aiello when when he was cast to play Martin Luther King. There were people that had issues with that because he did not look like Martin Luther King. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you
2: know what? I'm sorry, you guys. I missed uh, Denzel Washington was Malcolm X, not Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, you know what? I was, I was thinking to in say the hood.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, you know
0: what it was? It was a, a conversation before about why isn't he playing... Malcolm X because he we would we will we were all like Lawrence Fishburne would have been, been an great. excellent Malcolm X but yeah. Denzel
1: killed it
2: he so. did he did my bad <laughs> and I love Denzel he, too so I gotta you know I gotta
1: but at the t- but the, but at the time when that happened there really wasn't any other box office name of color like Denzel was it if yeah. you wanted a black movie star that was male it was denzel washington now you have options Mm -hmm. and so the idea that you would cast people that don't look remotely like the person that they're playing just does not seem smart but it also goes into a bigger picture there are people that have issues with like uh the there was a movie that came out recently that uh starred uh Brian Cranston called the upside yep. where he played yes. a paraplegic yep. mm-hmm. and so there are a bunch of paraplegic actors going like um excuse me <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Finally a bu- <laughs> we're over here <laughs> chopped the liver. ones in the wheelchair <laughs> um. exactly. that's um, my <laughs> saying
0: chopped liver all day long yes yeah. yes absolutely well I think this also comes to the uh, thing that we have to also realize as long as we know that this is, and as much of a better choice as we know they could have made for this film, it's also Hollywood. It's also a business. They're also about making money, and they're going to go with the box office draw instead of the person that looks most like them, as you pointed out in in the Denzel Washington and Malcolm X case. So, you know, as much as we could, you know, complain about this, it's not going to matter. The only time this changes is when we have alternative alternatives to the big Hollywood studio system where you're doing so, And that's starting to happen, not to the extent that Hollywood is, but it's starting to happen. So, you know, rather than complaining, if we want to see that, then we've got to have an alternative system.
2: Yeah, and you know what, we could take it one step further even because this, this conversation could expand to a wider platform in terms of this idea that, like, you know, they got mad when Idris was going to play 007, like, oh my god, they're going to have Idris Elba play a, a white 007? You know what I mean? Like, it goes into that same thing where it's like, why can't somebody black be, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? Like, when they do reboots of things and they put a black Because
0: 007 is not a real person. It's yeah, a no. fiction. exactly, He's that's my issue when character. it comes to fictional that's true. characters.
1: Good point. That's true. Now, the one thing that I will say that is, was an interesting point, even though normally I feel like she says all kinds of just straight up insane things, is oh my god, what is her name? She was in, she's been in the Fast and Furious movies as well as uh, being in she's like Puerto Rican Michelle or something, and, oh, Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Oh, okay, now she, she, runs she off at the mouth. Yeah, but but she basically had a problem with like uh, casting people of color in these traditionally white roles, and said like and said something to me that even though I normally don't like what she has to say, but like, what about creating new? So by making instead of casting a black woman to play Wonder Woman, what about a black female superhero as opposed to reimagining yeah. these characters? What about creating something new and different as opposed to do we have to have somebody black play james bond or can we create a new franchise about a, an, a another black secret secret agent well why which, does it have to just be the same thing with just a different uh you know uh colored actor or have a female james bond or, or jane bond
0: well uh, do you have the money to do it which you know it's really it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice for you to put all that out there yes well and good but if unless you're putting your money where your mouth is i really don't want to hear your um your things uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Do it then, since you're so insistent. You do it.
1: All right. <laughs> well, okay then. Well, you know and I was so close to getting Michelle Rodriguez to be on the show. Thanks, Tachi. She, she was, she was, not was coming. definitely not be she on She was now.
0: not coming. She <laughs> was, was so gonna... close.
1: Oh. <laughs> we were in we were in final discussions with her with her people, but now it's ruined. Thank you, Tachi. So I'm
0: just going to let you have that one and I'm sorry. I'll let <laughs> you believe that that was the case. I'm sorry. Oh well, Michelle. So uh, let's move on from King Richard to just mentioning the fact uh, that. Uh, so, we were talking about Idris Elba and Will Smith um, in terms of Will Smith not going back to Suicide Squad. Idris Elba is taking his place. Good because I love Idris Elba. And uh, this no is like a war disrespect. between you and
2: I right now, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it, it, it must be because you know your little husband, I think he needs oh, to my get some husband. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to go get some um acting lessons. And he could take some lessons in smooth from Idris, okay? Mm. I'll just have saying.
2: you know. No, I'm just kidding,
1: I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Battle of the pretend husbands.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could do a reality show. That would be awesome. The real pretend wives. Of celebrity uh, men. <laughs> yes, that would be hot. <laughs>
2: and we just get like a, a house full of women who think they're married to celebrities that are really not. And like just all of the craziness that goes into it.
0: <laughs> we could do that. Well, we, sh- we can't be on it. We'll produce it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's be behind th- the scenes. Th- there we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So there's that. And then I want to talk a little bit about um, some at and news. They, you know, on TV channeling, we always like to talk about what's going on in TV technology, etc. So AT and just made their big, a big change to HBO and the rest of Warner Media. It's first, in fact. So just fresh off the court victory that sealed the acquisition of Time Warner. Once and for all, okay, because you know this thing has been going on forever. Now it's sealed. AT and T announced a wide-reaching change to the structure of the company. Now that's known as Warner Media. And so Robert Greenblatt is the former chairman of NBC Entertainment. He's been brought on to run Warner Media Entertainment. And there's a brand new unit that folds Home Box Office Incorporated, HBO, and Turner Broadcasting into one entity. And Greenblatt will oversee. HBO, as well as TBS, TNT, and True TV. So, also just as important, he's been tasked with heading up Warner Media's direct-to-consumer business. This is big, and the upcoming streaming service that AT and T hopes will prove worthy uh, as a worthy opponent to Netflix and kick off a new era of distribution, as they say, according to The Verge, for its robust breadth of content. So, let me tell you what Warner Media announced. They said, "Quote this change." will provide the company with the agility and flexibility needed to build Warner Media's brands across a variety of evolving distribution models with more coordinate with a more coordinated approach to the company's original programming. Basically, in English, they're trying to beat out Netflix. Let's be let's be yeah. clear. This is what they're trying to do. So, yeah, that is uh the news uh over there. So, if you don't know, the acquisition um was $85.4 of Time Warner, Ugh. AT&T's acquisition. It's a lot of money. So you have to make that money work, and you have to make investors happy. Since streaming and over the top, you know, these streaming platforms are the big thing now. They figured, well, why don't we just get into streaming? We'll do that. We'll beat Netflix. Everybody thinks they can beat Netflix.
2: Yeah, so. it's like, you know, fighting against Amazon. Like, Amazon is a behemoth now at this point. Like, you got be, you gotta be a contender to really be a contender <laughs> but it, yeah, sounds, well, it, it sounds like they're going to take some of hbo's content like game of thrones and things like that and make it a streamable thing for people so that you don't have to necessarily have an hbo subscription which could the only they i think that's the only way they could give netflix a run for its money is to give content to people that netflix doesn't have and that's mm-hmm. the that's the premium channel content that you have to have streaming packages with them individually to watch your programs if they combined all that together into one i think that that could be a reasonable competitor to to netflix i don't know that it would beat them because um, netflix is kind of doing big things but i think it could be it could be a worthy adversary
0: well so i'm sorry kevin before you uh, go just to answer that so one thing that they're trying to do in terms of their strategy is they could possibly because you know at&t is also mobile so they're trying to uh they're really big into the mobile content, snackable size content. So they're probably going to try and push HBO to create shorter bite sized content intended for the mobile devices. So they have an extra leg up on Netflix in the fact that they also have mobile down. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Kevin, go ahead.
1: No, I, w- I was just going to say that the the problem with HBO, they have HBO Go. So there's mm-hmm. already a way to watch HBO on the go, no pun intended, uh, on your devices or whatever. The issue with HBO is the amount of content. Yeah. yeah. It is dizzying how much content is constantly coming out on Netflix. Whereas with HBO, they broke up the final season of Game of Thrones into two uh they they split up the seasons to give you like six episodes at a time over like a three-year period we yeah. didn't even get this the second half of the season in the next year we had to wait over another year and like game uh, like another their other big hit westworld we had to wait well over a year almost two years before we got the second season of uh of uh, westworld and there's absolutely no word on where se- when season three is going to be coming down the pike that is unforgivable another unforgivable thing is um the the (laughs) he is passionate about television Uh, yes i am another unforgivable thing they did is uh with the fact that they just announced like literally like a month or so ago oh we're gonna start work on a game of thrones prequel It's just like, well, wait a minute. You're starting it now? (laughs) It's not like you didn't already know Game of Thrones was a huge success. What they should have done is already been working on it. It should already be filmed and in a can. And the day they aired the last episode of Game of Thrones, we should see right after that, the hour should be the new Game of Thrones prequel. The idea that we're going to get this Game of Thrones uh, uh, prequel starring Naomi Watts, God only knows what 2023, 2024 is just ridiculous. You know what?
0: It is ridiculous. And I I agree with you, Kevin, but you're looking at it from the fan's point of view and not from a production standpoint. So there's two things going on there. They are a trying to prolong this because a they can b it. it, That's more content that they don't have to produce right away because they okay we got this time slot strip because. We have all this for the next X Y Z years, so they're able to stretch out the content. And if they could do that, it's I guess it's to their benefit. It saves money to be able to do that. Also, that keeps you on the hook for something like an HBO Go. You know how people uh subscribe, like we do, subscribe and <laughs> subscribe. Oh, I have when emails do... for it. Just yes, exactly. Like... exactly. But, but, I, but... <laughs> this draws you into the fold. So, but you
1: but... know what? No, I actually think it no. I think that the mistake they're making is I've had I'm an HBO stand. I've had HBO on. Mm of my adult life and what's happened is hbo is a thing now that i cannot have i don't need to have all the time because before there was always something there'd be a new movie every saturday That there'd be a new big movie that would be available that isn't even the case anymore and there's even the, their their original programming that isn't like big budgeted uh like their uh their talk show kind of things like uh real time with bill maher that is off so much. He has like from the summer, he'll do like an episode like at the end of June, and he'll be off until mid-September. And it is absolutely ridiculous that there's nothing going on for all that time. I don't understand why with something like that, and same thing with John Oliver's show. John Oliver, a perfect person to pick up when John Oliver isn't on, because he's off for months at a time as well. You need to get Robin Thede on the phone with a quickness and have her air when John Oliver is off. You need to get Tina Fey on the phone with a quickness and have her be on uh, uh on doing real time when uh when the bill maher is off there's there should not be weeks when there is nothing new on hbo or let alone months that okay you and i agree
0: If I'm looking at it from a consumer standpoint, but if I'm looking at it from a production standpoint, we don't know what their budget is. We don't know that they actually have the bandwidth to be able to do that. They they nowhere near have um, the bandwidth that Netflix does, even though they are HBO. So now maybe with this merger, maybe this is, you know, they will put, put more money into original programming. Remember Netflix put $13 billion into original programming, which is why they can constantly have stuff come and go in addition to all the other things that they have. So they can have constantly have things come and go. Mind you, I'm not defending HBO, but looking at it from a business standpoint, they may not be able to do it. So even though we want it, they may not be in a position to do it. They'll not say it, but they're not
1: maybe. Yeah. But, but, If they're trying to compete with Netflix and they're, Uh and they have been hemorrhaging one of the, okay, now I'll tell you another thing, uh, that's more personal. They, um, I have Dish Network and I've had them for years and, uh, they're in a battle right now with Dish, HBO's in a battle with Dish Network. HBO is no longer available through Dish Network because they wanted to raise their rates again. And uh, Charlie Cook, the owner of Dish Network, was like, no. And so they're just not on there. And what's happened is, I know other people that have Dish Network, they've gotten used to just not having HBO because they're so infrequently stuff that they actually want to watch. So um, you get used to it not having it. And that is a huge mistake. They are hemorrhaging subscribers, so they need to invest money and have more content. And I'm not talking about just the big budgeted things. To me, it would cost them so little in the scheme of things uh, to have another show that fits in when Bill Maher is off, or when uh, or when John Oliver is off. Literally, they're off for like three, four months at a time. When they're off, there needs to be a new show, not cobwebs gathering on uh, on HBO. Because you start to wonder why am I paying these people every month, yes, and I'm not yeah. watching anything. Yes. There's nothing for me to watch. I agree. I agree.
0: But you would need to take that conversation uh, conversation up with the head of acquisition or the head of original content and understand what they're, they're, uh, what they are thinking in terms of that. If you have someone that's not thinking like you are, Kevin, or someone that's not uh, think forward thinking, that's what you get. So, you know, even though you want it, if you don't have somebody in those positions that sees the value of putting original, you know, money into original content the way Netflix does, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line, take that, Kevin. All right, so anyway. (laughs) I just let y'all have at it
2: because I was like, y'all got it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you are welcome to add if you want.
2: No, no, I appreciate it. I mean, you guys hit on all the same points I was going to hit on. Like, it's just, it's frustrating when I see it from both sides. Like, I can see it from the production side of things and I can see it from Kevin's side of things because it's frustrating to be like, yeah, I got to wait a whole year. And Netflix does it too, though. Same thing with, you know, Orange is the New Black and some of their content. You got to wait a whole year. Till the next season comes you
3: out. Do. You do. Know? The difference yeah, but, is, but, the, they but, have, but they have uh, new
0: properties stuff coming out regularly. Coming gonna gonna say out all that's the, the time, difference.
1: Right. Netflix, literally, they they once Game of Thrones is over, they'll it'll be like crickets and tumbleweeds rolling by for ages <laughs> before there's something <laughs> you new mean for that- HBO. Yeah, for, I mean for HBO, it'll be like uh, it'll be a long wait in between. But you're right. What they should do is be creative. They could get somebody. They don't have to go with the Tina Fey's or the Robin Thedes. They could they could go a little bit down market and like call in some people like to do a show like TV channeling we'll on sh- HBO. Yeah. We'll do it. They, or- they could. We would do it for Tr- Trader Joe's gift cards. We would absolutely we do. Sure,
0: it. We sure would.
1: Yeah, I do it for MTA
2: gift cards or.
0: We <laughs> <I'll take it laughs> you know exactly. Exactly,
1: <laughs> and and they would get fifty. 50 episodes a year not uh, none of that whole like uh, i i bill Maher, I, I honestly think he must do like 20 episodes a year or something it is ridiculous how infrequently that show is on
0: <laughs> or how about a whole slate of shows from WJMS right Right. and that yeah, the WJMS presents da, 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 and then you have all the shows on there so Listen, everybody gets a of piece content. of Everybody gets a piece of the pie. We can all work together. All right. So we have one final story because we've kept Jamie on the line so long, and (laughs) and we so appreciate you. You're such a good sport. Thank you so much. I forgot I was
2: on the phone. Well, they forgot I'm on the phone, but you know what I mean. Like I just yeah yeah you know (laughs)
0: exactly exactly. It's like we're having a conversation, which is which is the greatest thing. You're the greatest conversationalist. So let's talk about this one last story we have, and it's the whole speaking of Netflix there is the industry itself is like debating, um, theatrical distribution and Netflix and, um, and also, uh, eligibility for awards. So if you don't know, okay, this is the big thing. So Netflix with their, uh, with Roma, which had 10 Academy Award nominations and other nominations, but just talking about the Oscars had 10 Academy Award nominations, won three of them. So a one Mr. E.T., phone home, Steven Spielberg was a little salty about that. He was a little bit upset because, first of all, he believes in the sanctity of film and film industry, not just the chemical film, the medium, but in the film industry the way it is. So, Roma was in the theaters for three weeks. That is the minimum amount of time that is allowed in order for you to be eligible for um, awards season or to, especially for the Oscars. I'm not sure about all the others, but I'm guessing the exhibition time is three weeks for most of the others as well. They did three weeks, okay? So Roma was in the theaters three weeks. Then it came out. So Steven Spielberg's big thing is the amount of time between when Netflix is in the uh, releases, there are things in the theaters and then when it's available on Netflix. So he doesn't like that amount of time. He thinks it should be longer and he thinks they should be exhibiting in theatrical release longer. But so here, so he is proposing, he is on the board of governors and he's proposing a rule change for at the next Academy meeting that will make it more difficult for Netflix films to compete at the Oscars. So this has sparked, as you can imagine, a huge Huge debate in the film community, in the entertainment community. And so I really, let me say, okay, so Netflix is not silent on all of this, right? So there have been a whole bunch of people on on social media talking about this, but also Netflix. And let me read you the tweet that they sent out in response to this. We love cinema. Here are some things we also love. Access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters. Letting everyone, everywhere, enjoy releases at the same time. Giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive, which... No, they didn't even say which. I just Hmm. added that at the end. So this is... It feels like there should have been a which. But anyway, that's what Netflix uh, said in response to these allegations. But this is not the first time. If you remember, and I think it was last year, there was a problem where they, because of not wanting to comply with the amount of time they wanted needed to be in the theater, Cannes did not want them there. And France did not want them there. There was a lot of uproar because Netflix was there. And so I think they actually denied them exhibiting some films because of that. Um, this whole thing is just a big cartel, if you ask me. I am on the side of Netflix with this one, not that anybody asked, but I'll explain my reasons after. Tachi, what side you... are you
1: on in this fight?
0: Net the damn flicks. Okay. <laughs> Netflix. I Okay. Let me tell you why really quickly. One, all the reasons that they said. If you look at a lot of the the films and television shows and things that are being exhibited on Netflix, me, there are many that where there are directors and you know, executive producers that are women of color, that are people of color. Color that are LGBTQ, that are, you know, that are not the quote traditional mainstream producers that you always see. So Netflix has given them a platform to do this. In you, Mr. Spielberg, standing up and being so vehemently against that, you are negating. All of those inroads that Netflix has made for that, because now it's not that they're um, they're you know upsetting any rules. They follow what the hell you all put in place. They did their three weeks, so yeah. now you're mad. You can't do that. You, usually, what happens is that the people who speak out the loudly, the most loudly against this, are the people who feel they have the most to lose, and therefore they have to silence everybody else so they can win. It sounds like sour grapes to me. Anybody else?
1: Oh my God! The grapes could not be more sour. It, <laughs> and the funny thing is, he was saying how like you know Roma is a, t- a television movie, right. so it should be up for uh, for uh, for, uh, for uh, Emmys, not Oscars. Not Oscar. But the but but the funny thing, if if it just is a television movie, then why did it trounce so many other truly theatrical films? If it, again, if if you don't believe the Netflix Netflix is putting out an inferior product, then it's not going to win. But uh, clearly, it put out a damn good product, and it. defeated defeated a lot of his brethren and that's why they're crying out. And the stupid thing about it, honestly, is Netflix has enough money. If they if they lengthen the time it has to be a theatrical release, then Netflix will, will jump through that hoop. Netflix will open up their own five theaters somewhere and those movies will play for the whatever the amount, mandatory time is and they will still go and snatch their Oscars at the end of the day. Ooh. So I think it's a waste of time. You need to produce better movies instead of coming out with crap like uh, ready player one yeah you sad about that not getting any oscar nominations
0: that's what i know right that that it'll get the same time that uh, that booty call gets one (laughs) (laughs) we'll get one well go ahead um any any thoughts jamie on that business
2: idea first of all what if netflix did open up movie theaters across the country where it just like aired some of its stuff that you want to binge watch And you just like come and binge watch stuff like in a movie theater setting, like with popcorn and soda and stuff. And they bring you all that stuff. And you can like come and go as you please. You buy your ticket. And if you've seen season one, then you just come back later and watch like season two on the big screen instead. That's dope.
1: Yeah, that, that actually would be an incredible idea to do some of some of these shows that people would like. You know, Umbrella Academy, six hours, uh, six episodes, I think, six or seven. Yeah. So it's like six, six, seven hours. People going in there with a bunch of friends and watching all of it on a big, giant screen yeah. would be a really fun thing. It
2: would. As you were talking, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm going to go on ahead and hit up Netflix and be like, hey. I got an idea for you.
0: <laughs> exactly. And yeah. for people who don't even have Netflix subscriptions, that yeah. would be a way for them to be able to see these shows. So brilliant.
2: Yeah. And
1: and uh, exactly, and, uh, and, uh, one other thing that makes no sense to me is what is the dividing line between a television movie and a movie movie in twenty in 2019. There's not the production point. values when it comes to TV shows and TV movies has gotten so high. There's all kinds of little independent films that are actual film films that are movie theaters that are filmed like on an iPhone and stuff. Yeah. Like I think Tangerine was shot on an iPhone. Yep. So the idea, the, the lines are all kind of blurred. And so if you think you're going to basically keep Netflix out with trying to put up a new hurdle, please, they will leap over any hurdles you try to put up, Mr spielberg yeah i think so he's... you are you are becoming the a jurassic park dinosaur
2: <laughs> and that's what i was gonna say i think he's he's angry because and i've i've had this not had this argument but i've heard this argument with like switching over to the photography realm because you mentioned iphone you know people that go out and buy the big expensive cameras and the tripods and the lenses and they set them all up and they've got the clicks and the things and the strap around the neck and they got all the gadgets and they go out and they take the, their pictures and stuff like that and somebody comes up with an iphone and takes the same picture You know, or gets the same accolades or gets more accolades even than somebody who took that with like a real professional camera. And sometimes people get upset by that. And I feel like that's the argument that Spielberg is making. Like he feels like because he threw billions of dollars into the production value of Jurassic Park and things like that, that little things like Bird Box on Netflix come around. He gets pissed off because he's like, what? Bird box, like, but I put billions into Jurassic Park. Like, I have the equipment, I have the things and the tools, and you guys came around with an iPhone and took a picture, and you're getting the same accolades as me. Like, like you said, he is becoming a dinosaur. I think he's upset that, like, somebody came with a new shiny toy that's better than
0: his old school toy, and he feels some kind of way about it.
1: Exactly. Well, the- <laughs> I'll go ahead and you.
0: well he's not on the pulse of the people what the people want if you were on social media if you were see a, a movie like bird bath bird bird, Seed, box. bird the, box it was a good movie it was, actually it was an decent. incredible movie it was mm, decent you just like Sandra Bullock and I don't know I, I think it was all the stupidity with the challenges after that got me but <laughs> you, we cannot deny that it is a it, it was a phenomenon absolutely and that's what people people want Be, these people are paying attention to what's going on in the world they're paying attention to what's happening on social media in fact so it's coming from a not quite grassroots but it's coming from a perspective of okay this is what people are talking about this is what's trending on social media what if we took that idea that's not what spielberg is doing all of these dinosaurs that do did things the old school way now mind you i'm a filmmaker i learned the old school way i never picked up a digital camera until 2010 Mm -hmm. but once i did Honey, let me tell you, because that's, and that's why I'm so incensed because it's like not everybody can afford how many mil, you know how expensive it is to use film? Film? Yeah. To, um, to shoot? And if you mess up, not everybody has that kind of budget. So by saying, oh, well, I want this, or it should be this way, because he's a proponent of film too, that um that says that you don't belong here. This realm is not for you. And even if you don't think that's what you're saying, I need you to go to linguistics class and understand this, Spielberg. That's what you're saying. Clearly, you don't have an understanding of what your words are saying. And go back to when you were a young filmmaker. You weren't always uh, Steven Spielberg that we know. You weren't always Schindler's List, Steven Spielberg. You well, were. that's one. Of the, Go I was gonna say. That,
1: well, I was gonna say that's one of the funny things, but that, that seems really uh, the hypocrisy involved in this. Steven Spielberg put got on the map doing a TV movie called Duel. Yep. And that movie was incredible, and it can it would hold up on the big screen. That movie was incredible. I'm surprised that someone hasn't actually re, uh, remade that yet, but it was an incredible <laughs> film. Now. It was an incredible film. Um, so TV, the lines are so blurred between TV uh, and and film. Now people have ways of displaying things in their home with much bigger screens than back in the day. So you can have not a film, not a not a movie theater experience, but damn close. Yeah. So I, I think it's a completely different world, and I think that he needs to get with the times.
0: In the words of Huggy Lowdown, Steven Spielberg, you are the Bama of the week (laughs) Week. so (laughs) that's about it ladies and gentlemen unless any of you had anything else to say about that idiot Spielberg no no okay yeah so he speaks for himself which is not very well ladies and gentlemen thank you so very much and so we have to give a huge round of applause and a huge thank you to Jamie the founder and CEO (sighs) of (laughs) wjmsradio.com she is uh, we're on her platform of course and we're so happy that you came on our platform and you are welcome back anytime because you are so awesome thank you
1: such a great guest yeah (laughs)
0: absolutely absolutely so uh what should we do first kev
1: well i think you should tell people how they can listen to us other than on the radio what other ways can they listen to this, the podcast?
0: Okay, well, or do you want Jamie to give her stuff first? No.
1: Oh, yo, oh, I'm sorry, Jamie. Yeah, please a share with, share where people can find you, like on social, and what projects you're working on. Plug away.
2: Sure. All right. So uh, first and foremost, you can follow the radio station at WJMS Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Um, we, I also have my own personal social media. I'm at just underscore jams on Instagram and Jamie Jam on Facebook. Um, Social media is kind of like where all the good stuff happens for me, so I'm kind of fun to follow if you get a chance. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so in order to plug things that I'm doing, um, I have to plug my my girl, Sonia Knoll, who gave me the opportunity to be included in her Women Across Borders anthology, where I told my story. I've never actually written my sort of mini biography before, um, but she reached out and included me in the anthology. So me, along with uh, another 10 or 11 women, get to tell our stories um, and things that we've gone through and how we've risen from the ashes. So that's available now on Amazon.com. I have a link on my page. Um, and then lastly, I am going to be a keynote speaker at NYU, um, on April 6th, Saturday. So check that out. I'll be promoting that very soon too. Oh, and I'm speaking on Tuesday, um, at, I can't remember the place at New York, but I'll again, put that on my social media so you can follow it, but it's part of the anthology. So check it out. And I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be on this show. So much fun.
1: Also, do are you on Twitter?
2: I am on Twitter. Personally, I'm not really on Twitter, but Facebook. I mean, um, WJMS is on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So. Fantastic. All right. Great. So now I'll do as Kevin suggested and give you where you can find us. And uh, that's that's awesome. We have we have some real stars that are coming. I out. know.
1: So this but is a very is good. prestigious it's prestigious. Speakers. Oh, I'm speaking at a university next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I I usually don't have things going on. I'm just excited. I have something to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Very impressive. Thank you for saying it here. Absolutely (laughs) impressive. So if you want to listen to this great episode and other great episodes, we are on several different platforms. We are on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes slash Apple Music, um, Google Play. We are on uh, Spotify. We're also on TuneIn Radio. Basically, there are a lot of different um, platforms that you can listen to us on, your favorite podcast platform. The big one, we're on WJMSradio.com every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. So if you don't get a chance to listen to us on podcast, or even if you do, you can listen to us again on WJMSradio.com. It's a lot of fun, and it's so cool to be live And so with that... Oh, um, wait, Tasha, didn't you also
1: tell me that we're also on on Fridays now, too?
0: Yes, 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 that's right, that's right. Because on WJMSradio.com, they also do Flashback Fridays. So you can listen to TV channeling at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on Friday. So Tuesday and Friday. What? Look at us. (laughs) Hmm. Wonderful. So thank you for reminding me of that, dear co-host. So why don't you tell them Um, how they can find us on social.
1: Okay, we are everywhere on social. We're on the gram. We're on the book that's in your face. We are on the Snapchat and we're on my personal favorite Twitter and we are TV channeling everywhere and we would love to hear from you. So if there's something going on in pop culture, if there's somebody faking a hate crime that you want us to talk about, let us know. <laughs> if there's a show you'd like us to review, let us know. We would love to hear from you. And we would also love it if you were to give us a, a positive review on any of the platforms you happen to be listening to us on right now. So on Stitcher, on iTunes, on iTunes. Let them know how you feel about TV channeling. I assume it's going to all be good because you're still listening. The show is over and you continue to listen. So it better be a good review.
0: And as we threaten the audience, let me also say that if you want to listen to us, tvchanneling.com. I forgot to say that. Just go to tvchanneling.com for the podcasting part of it. Options. (laughs) And with that... We are done. Once again, thank you so much, Jamie, to Jamie Bowles of WJMSradio.com yes thank you for our wonderful spots on the, the, and the crowd goes wild oh they're out of control tonight ladies and
1: gentlemen <laughs> this the is studio the studio audience time. is just crazy <laughs> this week
0: all 17 of them anyway <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to you all out there because it's because of you we do this we love you for listening and we'll end the way we always end bye from tachi
1: and goodbye from Kevin and remember if you're watching it we're talking about it
0: cheers
1: bye